Have you heard of the Bellsmith? He's absolutely amazing. They make the most custom and unique bells. They made one for my son on the championship run in Omaha in 2021. They make game day bells, swashbuckler, artillery, junction, pirate, you name it, they can make it. You can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can find them in different places around Starkville like Maroon & Company. So have them make your custom bell today. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, I remember way back when, when the mega powers were bonded, yeah. You made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, didn't you, Hulk Hogan? And who had to come in and make that critical save? The macho man, Randy Savage, covering for Hogan again. Yo, what is up? It is Wednesday night, and you know what time it is. That's right, it's time for the Inner Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime. My brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, we got episode eight titled Run It Back because that's what our guest is going to do. He's going to run it back with the Mississippi State football team. We got Jet Johnson on the show. He's going to talk to us about his story. He's going to talk to us about him growing up, him starting football, him becoming the athlete that he is today. And most importantly, he's going to give us a preview of things to come with the Mississippi State football team. I'm excited. You're excited. So let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, Mississippi State football star, Jet Johnson. Jed Johnson, what an honor to have you. First of all, what a name. We talked about a little bit before we started recording, but how are you tonight, man? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you all so much for having me on. Now, man, the pleasure's all ours. We're going to dive right in. This is not going to start off like your average podcast, man. So I'm going to give you a list of questions. You just, you know, first thing that comes to your mind. You got your own late night talk show, you know, Bulldog Nightly, whatever it is. Who do you invite on as your first guest? It could be anybody. Anybody in the world, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be kind of weird, but, you know, whatever. I'm a bit – oh, man, that's a hard one right off the bat. What, you thought uh, this was going to be easy? I'm probably going Denzel, Washington. You can't go wrong with Denzel. You can't go wrong. I mean, He's some sure. of your teammates are probably going to be a hating, but it's okay. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> All right, well, that, man. That leads me to want to ask you, Randy. Is where, where does he he's to me the best actor is where is he at least in your top three? Oh, for sure top two like he's, he's we know right Daniel there. don't watch movies that's why I didn't ask him not true <laughs> man on fire is probably one of the best movies ever made look DB's top two Freddie Prince Jr. and Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> All right anyways no Jet this is about you not us All right I'm gonna get you back in good graces with your teammates Zombie apocalypse is upon us we're Walking Dead. Dead City, whatever you want to call it. Who are three teammates you got to keep with you to stay alive? Uh, Will Rogers. Guest Jane of the show. Wally. Oh, was he? He was. He was. Okay, then Jaden Wally. And then I need one more. I'll go Crumity because he's a big guy. All right. And I mean, all right, how let's just hypothetically here. How long are you staying alive? Like the long haul, couple months, couple weeks. What's the deal here? And are you going to contribute like in a good way? Like you going to yes, keep I somebody alive? I'll, I will. And but the first two I picked, Will and and Wally, big hunters. 
you know, and so they're they're sniping folks and all that, and me and Crumity are, uh, I guess we're doing the dirty work. Okay, all I right. like the way I he's kinda, thinking here. Yeah, I kind of dig it. You got a plan. All right, all right. Let's loosen it up a little bit. You have to do karaoke. There's no options here, Jet. What Ooh. song are you singing? Mm. Dinosaur, Hank Williams. Okay, you know, first time that's been on the show. I dig it. I dig it. DB, fire up that music. Yeah, I know. I, I need to have it on cue. But, I, but here's the thing. I would have never been ready with that song. <laughs> never. never. So that's why Jim is a triple A deucer and you're not even in the singles yet. And it's just high. So listen, Jet, for you though, I got to ask you, who is your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, such a great answer. Yeah. No well, doubt. this episode's over, guys. This, we can't I mean, yeah, you can't here. end any better than that. Let's go. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, listen. Oh, my goodness. I'm just thinking about Rachel right now. Yep. All right. Last question before I turn you over to DB. Favorite athlete growing up, which uh, that could include right now if you want it to. Mm. I'm a huge – so pre- and post-documentary, always been a fan of MJ. Just, you know, ironically, that's how this podcast got started, Jet. COVID, really? we needed something to do. We started talking Last Dance. Next thing you know, might be familiar. Guys like Cameron James started coming on here, and then you yep. know we're talking to college athletes all the time. Yep, no doubt. Love MJ and and just everything about him. Yeah, you can't go wrong with MJ. I mean, definitely. You think he's a goat? He's a goat. I do. Is it, it, it warms my heart to hear someone that's not as old as us say that because usually you have to argue uh, argue with those that are younger because they didn't see him as much. Yeah, Isn't that's it ironic though. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. LBJ is our exact same age, but we're always like those whippersnappers always say he's the goat. <laughs> I mean, I got L- I got I got LeBron in my top three. He's just not number one, and that's fine because that's the right that's the right ranking. <laughs> I have nothing against LBJ as far as how good he is, but he ain't he ain't MJ. I mean, you took your talents to Florida before he did. I'm just saying. Ooh. Um, yeah. So he he wanted to follow in my footsteps. That's the truth of the matter. Tom Brady followed Daniel to Tampa. I'm I'm just, just trying to bring the city of Tampa lots of lots of rings. I, I don't know what to say. But Jet, man, let's uh, let's dive into your story. Obviously, we got to start from the beginning. So, talk to us a little bit about growing up. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Tupelo, Mississippi. It's about a hour north of Starville. Tupelo. What was your What's your favorite thing to do in Tupelo as a kid? As a like kid, a ice cream shop or like a, a place that you're just like, man, like when you're in Tupelo, that's that's the spot that brings me back. Yeah, I would say mm, Danvers restaurant called Danvers, local spot. Oh, great! We got great. Danvers in Memphis. Yeah, it's probably it's not a chain. It's probably different. No, it's the same owner. He started it in Memphis and opened one in Tupelo. Same guy. That, name is, are you his name is Dan, and his last name yeah, is Ver. Ver. I did not know that. Yeah, hey, look it up. How could I have it? no idea the truth or the facts behind that, but that's that's actually I don't either. I just completely made that up. But I thought, uh, dude, y'all had me believe it. I started. No, I see, honest to God though, I do see that guy all the time. He only has one Danvers left in Memphis. He sold the rest of them to the cookout. But I'm almost a hundred percent sure that he told me he opened up a restaurant in Tupelo years and years and years ago. Yeah, but he started it in Memphis. He had like what five or six in Memphis at one time. Now he's down to one. Okay, very good. It's great food there. though, man. I love it. No doubt. It is great. Great salad bar and everything. That's right. So being in Tupelo, you know, what's what's family situation? You got mom, dad, brothers, or sisters? Yeah. So uh mom lives in well, so actually funny story. Whole family's from Tupelo. Uh my parents are divorced. When I came to state, my mom followed me and she's actually the Cayo house mom here at Mississippi State. Um and then my dad is in Tupelo, and he owns a uh, foam, F-O-A-M, uh, company in Tupelo. Do you have a lot of parties? No, I did not have any, really. 
No, no foam foam parties. <laughs> Daniel, I'm gonna put you on the spot right here before we continue this on. Let's see how much you pay attention. What other star athlete has came on the show not once but twice and is from Tupelo? I don't know. Randy? What was the question? What other star athlete has came on here and is from Tupelo not once but twice he's been on the show, which helps? Mm, boys. Is it a soccer Hunter, player? Hunter, Hunter Elliott is so offended right now. Uh, I was going to guess him. Mm, mm. Hunter, deepest apologies from me and Daniel. <laughs> Look, Hunter, you don't even know where I'm from, so I'm not apologizing. I got too much stuff to remember. Too much. No. Nah. But Jet, man, so obviously you got, you know, mom and dad divorce. Is is that something that you had to go through as a kid or is that something older? Like where, what happens, you know, wh- when does that happen? Does that yeah. like what you did as a kid? Yeah, I was 10 years old when it happened. Um, and I mean, it was. Obviously, it's sad and stuff, but got through it. And they're very, uh, you know, cordial now and stuff. And it's it's no big deal. Like it was, it wasn't terrible. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's not fun, but it wasn't awful. It's nice when you can you can go do your thing, and there's support. There's no like difficulties with like parents getting along. I'm sure, like you know, as a kid, as a ten year old, like trying to understand and cope with what's going on is a little difficult. But um, you know, let me ask you a question, Jet. Now this is this is odd. Have you ever heard of this? Yes. Sir. I just recently got back from the beach, and on this beach trip, I was in you know down there Miramar, Thirty A, Destin, that whole area. We went all over the place, mm-hmm. and I was down there with my wife, three of my children, my ex-wife, her husband, and her two children. Is that strange? I got to know, Jet. Uh, no, because I have a buddy that their family does that. Okay, and this wasn't our first. Uh, this wasn't our first vacation together, man. I, it's that's you know, I just gotta ask, man. That's funny. Oh, that's good. That's a good, good thing. No, my parents got divorced when I was a young man, five or six, and I'm not sure they spoke ever again. <laughs> Deep thoughts with Randy. Deep thoughts, and we're done. No, so Jet, obviously, you know, with all that going on, you were probably playing sports prior to that happening, but what? At what point do you start playing sports, and what sports were you playing? Yeah, I played uh, baseball, basketball, and football. Uh, baseball was probably my first love. Played it from a very young age, you know, traveled around. Uh, and then same with basketball. And then as far as football start starts, I, uh, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember the league we had in Tupelo there was a weight limit and I was always above the weight limit. So I had to play on the offensive defensive line, which was zero fun to me. So I hated football. And then, you know, years passed into middle school and then I started playing quarterback and fell in love with it. And then uh, I'll just tell you the whole story. 10th grade rolls around. And well, let's, uh, that's what... let's don't tell me the whole story yet. Cause I, I just okay. want to know a couple of things before we get to high school. Okay. Um, can you still hoop? Uh, I like to think so. Yeah. So a couple of our basketball players on the team now, State, DJ Jeffries and Cam Matthews, they played at Olive Branch. And we played them in the playoff that, game. DJ Jeffries guy. Yeah. DJ Jeffries, former Memphis Tiger. Dude, all I know is 6'2", six, yep. two, two, six, two, 230, Daniel. I'm not banging with Jet down on the block. Well, no. that was the case. He was a freshman. I was a senior and was the playoffs in Tupelo. And I gave him a little pump fake. And, you know, he's going to send this little short white dude's ball up into the fourth row, you know, by pump faith him. Got an and one on him, hit the free throw, and we beat him by two. Did and you so flex? We were... No, I didn't. I'm not a huge celebrator. I I probably, yeah, I don't know. I should have. Oh, I'd have popped my jersey on him. What's up, DJ? <laughs> missed, but you we missed were... the golden opportunity. I yeah. know, I did. But you know, he and I and some other guys were at an NIL thing. Uh, about a month or two ago, and I reminded him of that story, and he remembered it. So you know, you didn't you didn't have a problem flexing over my boy Seth Hennigan when you did him dirty. <laughs> I wasn't even meaning to. Well, appreciate that. Still locked in my brain. Glad we don't play this. I like Seth a lot. He's a cool dude. 
Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's been on the show. We've talked to him. Um, he is a guy that is is really in a good position this year, as far as you know, having two years under his belt, having you know, just unbelievable mind for football. But um, I'm interested to see how that goes. But you know, more importantly, you man, I'm gonna talk to you, man. Let's get into high school uh, football. Tell me what high school you went to. Yeah, I went to Tupelo High School. Uh... Largest school in the state by a few students. Really? How many kids go there? Oh, shoot. How many were in your graduate class? I think I graduated around 500. And it's important for you to know, Daniel, they play on Smurf turf. We do have a blue field. How, how'd that come to be? Uh, 2014, we got it. We were grass and then went to blue turf. I don't, I don't know what happened. The latest breaking news, the latest enrollment numbers show they have 1,980 students at Tupelo High School. Wow. I actually dig the turf. The problem for me, Jet, was um, they used that for the high school soccer field, too. And so when my daughter had a game down there and I went to watch her and their jerseys are purple, um, which was in a shade of purple close enough to the blue, that it was very hard for me to see, like, the players on my daughter's team. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Jet, you guys are still the largest. You're right, by a few students. The closest one to you is Ocean Springs at 1870. You still got them. You still got them by 60 kids. And it's because that Jackson Jackson area has 112 schools, you know? Yeah. So. A lot of places for kids to go to. So, I mean, obviously in, in high school, you're ranked 21th over, 21 overall prospect in Mississippi, according to 247 Sports. You were top-ranked inside linebacker in Mississippi and number 35 nationally um, by two, 247 Sports. You guided Tupelo to 11-1 record and a spot in the state playoffs. You were Mississippi Class 6A Mr. Football as a senior, the first defensive player to ever win the award. You also totaled 447 career tackles ever to average 11.7 per game. You logged 33 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, and eight interceptions over your career, dude. Um, when you hear that back, do those stats in high school, does any of that matter? Uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Well, it got me to the position where I am today, so obviously I'm very thankful for it, and I guess they do matter. Uh, it was probably, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of, a lot of tackles. <laughs> they, bro, that's a oh, lot. That's, that's a lot of tackles. You did it. You did it. No, I guess. So, yeah. It's it's crazy, man. It's you know you talk to guys and like they hear their accolades, especially like going back to high school, and they're like, kind of like you, man. They're kind of thrown back. Like it was that many. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like the stats and and what you guys bring to the table prior to even being in college. So it doesn't shock me to know like you're a elite athlete, you know, at a division one program in the sec. So, um, you know, with that, you know, talk to me about Friday night lights in a six, a Mississippi school, um, the kind of talent you played with and, and against um, from on a week to week basis, you know, high school football in Mississippi, what, what did what would you say it ranked? You know, was it great, elite, you know, average? Like, what are you stacking up against on a night to night basis? Yeah, I think obviously there's elite teams you play here and there, uh, more than two or three times a year, and then the other, the other majority are is great talent, and then just a couple would be average, you know. And so, with that ratio, you're you know, it's good. It's it's a great opportunity to prove to the colleges, you know, what you can do against elite level competition or great level competition, um, you know, as opposed to maybe going to a smaller school and getting not as many opportunities uh, against quality opponents, you know. And so uh, I think it's the best, best of the best in Mississippi as far as that goes for sure. Did y'all ever, um, and obviously y'all both play defense, but did you ever play uh, N'Kobe Dean and Horn Lake? Yeah, I did. I played them. He, they were in our division, and they'd actually put him at quarterback uh, my senior year and kind of ran the wildcat. I'd uh, put him everywhere. That's pretty yeah. damn scary thinking about Nicobe at quarterback. Yeah, I'd no answer doubt. your next question. <laughs> yeah, so 
So we're going to ask who is, who is the hardest person to tackle. Probably have the answer now. No, actually, he. I mean, they. I mean, they weren't that successful with because obviously you putting a Kobe back there. What? I mean, what are you running? You know, mm-hmm. everybody in the world knows uh, the hardest person to tackle. Man, I feel like this is forever ago. So, okay, Memphis guy, uh, Goodson from South Panola. Okay, it. So you remember him? Yeah, and in the in the time when you because they fell off the last few years when you when you were in school was South Panola still one of the top dogs? They were. They had just fallen off a little bit, and by falling off, I say losing you know, two two games. Right. When we yeah, were in high school, they went like they went like eight years. Didn't lose a game. <laughs> they were good. Yeah, they. I think they went like a hundred and something, hundred something games without losing a game. Yeah, they did. That's incredible. I'm glad, Daniel. I'm glad we never had to cross the state line and play a team like that. We had we had the opposite streak, you know, like you know, they uh, won 10, 20, 30, 40 in a row. You know, we, we, we didn't we lose no 10, 20. Come on, Randy, you gonna do bro? It. How many? All right, count on your hand how many wins y'all had in your four years. I only played from my sophomore year on, but it's I can't get past the second hand. So okay. thank, thank you for that. I I can. Seven. <laughs> there you go. And hey, Jet, in our defense, and you know this, you understand seven, seven and forty. You seven, understand seven, the seven uh, and thirty-three. You understand the importance of a coaching staff. The coaching staff changed when we left, and they started making the playoffs year after year. And you can even ask the guys who were blows. We had one who even made it to the NFL. He was our second guest ever on the show. He even came on this show and said the talent above him was better than the talent they had. It really shows like what happens when you have a very poor coaching staff. And it's a good thing that they cleaned house because um, they're not going to be listening. Our coaching staff was terrible. That's funny. No doubt. It's very important. So going back to high school, what what was your favorite game? Um. Let's see here, favorite game. Oh, probably I think it was junior senior year. Brandon came to uh Tupelo and we beat they went for a two point conversion uh to beat us and they didn't get it. And the score was like thirteen to fourteen. Uh it was just a hard fault, good defensive game. Was Will yeah. Rogers the quarterback? He was the quarterback. <laughs> Do you get yep. pumped up for games like that? Oh heck yeah, no like, doubt. Like uh Ten to seven, like just defensive, like grind. Oh, I love it! And the normal spectators, they hate it. Okay, so you said you're not the type to like celebrate, but I gotta know because you just said that was like your favorite moment. And Will is on your team. Please tell me, like the first time y'all met up at state, like you brought that up. Oh, hundred percent. I tell them about <laughs> it a lot. That's what I'm talking about. So when. Yeah. At what point, you know, you listed the accolades, so it doesn't come as any surprise that you're going to go to the next level and start playing. At what point do college start reaching out to you and you go, oh, man, like I actually have potential to do something at the next level? Yeah, so I was on a bus ride for a basketball game to Hernando, uh, and Peter Sermon, they used to be the D.C. at State, was the D.C. at Louisville, at the time, and he called me, and he was, uh, he said, you know, we want to offer you a scholarship, and I didn't know that I was, you know, good enough to go Power Five. Even it just never really crossed my mind much. Uh, and then he gave me that offer, and I was like, you know, it's just a dream come true. I was like, let's, you know, try to get more and more, and it happened. So that was that was really like the aha moment. So at, at what point does Mississippi State? come into the picture and and why did you inevitably choose them yeah so they were actually my fourth offer it was uh louisville Ole miss somebody else and then uh state and i've grown up a state fan my whole life Uh, my dad had season tickets for us uh you know ever since i was a little boy and so uh it was really a not too terribly hard of a decision you know after taking visits and stuff and it was just I'd always wanted to go there, and so I couldn't pass up the opportunity. 
And the good news is you said they were the fourth, so you didn't jump on one of those first three before the the school that you always wanted to uh, came because, you know, we, we do talk to athletes and sometimes they get excited and jump the gun. And then because they're people of integrity, they keep their commitment. And there's a school that they maybe wanted to go to all along that they came around. So I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think being patient, you know, worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So you get to Startville and, you know, obviously the first two seasons, um, starting with the first season, you know, it says you played two games, but it's basically a red shirt season. How does, how does that come about? Yeah. Well, I mean, excuse me. I had, uh, you know, Willie Gay and Leo Lewis, Earl Thompson, like, you know, we had a stacked linebacker room. So I didn't really expect, you know, I was like, I'll definitely red shirt, whatever. That's good. I'll learn from these guys. And, uh, that that was the first year they came out with the uh the red shirts can play in four games and and honor their red shirt and so you know obviously it was fourth quarter garbage time but it was cool to get my feet wet a little bit uh but there was I knew I was sure it was it wasn't a big deal to me did it kind of feel like uh the Rudy moment where you come out on the end of the field and and get the and get the last tag because I saw the one you got the last two tackles I think yeah something like that it was cool for sure. So you do that, and then obviously the next year you do it. You do a redshirt year, and so you know, no matter what sport, when we talk to these athletes across the board, um, you know, for you, Jet, we always talk about the learning process and what you, you know, you get acclimated with the program, and then you just mentioned the older guys that you get to learn from. So, just how much were you able to take in from the program um, with the redshirt, and, and you know, learn from other guys and get used to you know the weight room and and everything that comes with it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's a lot of aspects that you don't think about when it comes to college football and just getting acclimated to everything uh, was a big learning curve for me. Uh, those guys, fortunately, ahead of me were cool. They were willing to teach us young guys. You know, Buki was in the same situation in uh, 2018. And, and so it, it was uh, – it was honestly, I was very fortunate to have those uh, mature guys that were – Obviously, Willie is playing at a high level with the Chiefs. Earl is playing in the uh, XFL. So, I mean, they're they're pro guys that I was able to learn and see how they kind of worked. And then, and, and uh, you know, part of my success, I think, comes to those guys for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those cool things that you you see later in real time. You know, some people may. You know, sounds like you were definitely open to it. You understood, but some, you know, may get upset about the idea. They they wanted to play as soon as they got there, but then they get that year right. of learning under their belt, and and you know, like I said, the weight room, the nutrition, all that stuff, and then you you come out locked and loaded. So speaking of, obviously, twenty twenty, you come out locked and loaded. We know uh, COVID killed the full experience. Um, you know, crowd attendance and everything. But I'll say this as an LSU fan, man, it did not stop. Y'all from coming down to Baton Rouge and spooling our uh, our uh, celebration, our party with uh you know Mike Leach's first game. So you know, just talk to me about you know even though like I said the the stadium wasn't packed, it wasn't the same experience. But you're now on the field, you're playing, and y'all go down to Baton Rouge and knock off the defending champs. Yeah, that was an unreal experience. Uh, you know, obviously LSU coming off the natty. Um, and the schedule coming out and saying we played them first, it was a great opportunity. Um, I was able to play in that game, and you know, it was still kind of it was loud for a COVID game. Um, but it was a great, it was a great experience. It was cool for Coach Leach, uh, to see the air raid kind of work. Um, and so, I mean, I have nothing negative to say about that one, yeah. And here's the thing like, I'll keep it real in here. These guys both know, you know, we all live in this general area, but um. I now live in North Mississippi and I can tolerate losing to state any day of the week. The fans are great. They, you know, very humble. Don't talk trash. I just can't handle losing to Ole Miss. Cause I'll never, never stop hearing about it. So when we lost at the state, man, it was, it was cool sending to the guys, you know, man, congratulations. Um, you know, especially coming off a of championship. So like, I mean, I still feel okay um, as a fan, but it's like, you know, I, I like when state wins, it's just not Ole Miss. <laughs> and, yeah, I, no, and I know you're yeah. good with that. So um, but obviously, you know, we're not going to spend too much on that season because it was just, I mean, the whole thing was weird. I want to get into where, man, you're fully engaged, which is 2021. You appeared in 
all 13 games, uh, you know, with six starts, led the Bulldogs with 87 tackles, two fumble recoveries, added six tackles for loss, three pass breakups and an interception. Um, the team obviously went seven and six, but Jed, I was going back, I was reflecting, I was looking at it. Um, very easily could have been 10 and three. And I and, and I started thinking about those games because I watched those games. Um, you know, obviously really close losses to Memphis, LSU, and Arkansas. So you know, when you're a team of the caliber you are, what are the conversations like when the difference may have been a play or two from from winning? Yeah, obviously it's always tough, but it's 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 not hard to keep working when you know you're a play or two away from from the outcome being switched. You know, those could very easily have been chalked up as wins, and so it gives you extra motivation to do the little things, uh, you know, and just keep working because those can turn into wins and that can change a whole season. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the games we won, we probably with, you know, just a couple plays. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, those, those are awful, but, you know, you learn from them and, and you keep going and, and hopefully the, uh, you know, it swings the other way next time. Yeah, no, and I only brought it up because I mean, you read it and you say seven and six, but I remember, well, like I said, I remember watching that team and it's like, I know that y'all are better than seven, six. People are going to reflect right. it back that they don't see it, but very easily could have swung the other way. But for, for you, you know, um, obviously now getting full experience, you know, what was your favorite game that season? Cause I, I saw numerous games where you had great stat lines, but without mm-hmm. bringing them up, what do you feel like was your favorite game that year? From the 21 season? Yeah. Uh, I think NC state definitely. Yeah, and and obvi- obviously that went well for you. Uh, that was the was that the opener or the second game? Second, that was second game. Second game, that's what I thought. All right, so obviously we talk about we know seven to six, but we know the team is building momentum. Um, we see guys coming back. Um, you're recruiting well, so getting into last season, you know, a lot of expectations. Um, coming in, um, you were obviously the SEC's leading tackler with 115 tackles. The team went nine and four, which is a lot better than seven and six. Um, you know, started the season with a win against Memphis, uh, where you had two huge fumble recoveries. Obviously, we joked about it uh, before the show. Um, I happened to be there. The lightning delay was terrible, so I don't. Know. I can only imagine yeah. what it's like for a player. You're pumped and ready to go. As a matter of fact, no, let's no. ask that. What's it like? What's it like for you, like? A, when you're amped up and ready to go and you got to go sit back there. Yeah. You just kind of control what you can control. Obviously it sucks. You have all that adrenaline. And then that delay was long. And then they would take us out. We'd warm back up and take us back in, you know, multiple times. And so it was, and and it was getting late. And at that point, I'm just like, all right, let's, let's get this thing on the road. Um, So it's no fun. That's for sure. But you just kind of control what you can control. Yeah, and and when y'all did get out there, um, you controlled what you could control. Like I said, a huge game. Obviously, you get some get back on Memphis the year before, so you know a great way to start the season. Um, you know, obviously a lot of a lot of good games along the way. The the game I wanted to focus on, you know, and maybe it's because of that. I was just talking about the old Miss stuff. Um, man, y'all go to Oxford in an absolute like barn burner, and you know you win what does the egg bowl like mean to you as a kid from Mississippi and what's it like going into Oxford and winning? Oh, it's one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. Um, obviously as a state fan, since a little kid, that's something you dream of forever. You know, I used to cry when we lose to Ole Miss and stuff. And I remember watch I've watched every egg bowl since I've been alive. And, uh, it was a dream come true that we were there on their field so late. They cut the lights off on us. Um, <laughs> And I was out there in a the t-shirt and my compression short, like you're just living it up. It was one of the best moments ever. And to win, you know, like we did, just a just a good old fashioned barn burner, like a gritty game. It was no, it was one of the best nights of my life for sure. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to kind of focus in on that game. Just being a kid from Mississippi, I, I knew that one would would mean a lot to you. Um, then y'all end up going to the ReliQuest Bowl uh, and play Illinois. Daniel in Tampa in your backyard, and y'all and y'all get the W. Um, what were your thoughts on Tampa, Jet? You like Tampa? Love Tampa. It was my second time. We went to the Outback Bowl in eighteen, um, and then obviously the the ReliQuest Bowl last year or this beginning of this year, and I loved it. I love Tampa. It was hot as heck, but that's how I like it. 
Yeah, uh, Daniel says them, them showers uh, cool them off. When I come down there, uh, it rains the whole time. So uh, I never I never get to experience the true heat. They literally tell me I got there a few weeks ago. Daniel says it hasn't rained in forever. Boy, it started raining for the next three days the whole time I was there. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, you you, you end on that note. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. everything's good. But then, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. I obviously, it was, you know, I, I looked at your post. I've looked at your comments and everything. But I just want to ask you, you know, obviously, after the season, um, you know, Coach Lee's passes, uh, what is that or what did he mean to you? And just, you know, how do you carry that into this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love Coach Leach. I uh, love everything he stands for and just how he carries himself. Um, he's, you know, he and Coach Arnett gave me my shot uh, pretty much in college ball. And so, you know, I'm, I love him for that. And I just love everything he stood for. He didn't care what anybody thought. He just kind of went to the beat At of all. his own drum. Yeah, no, he just went to the beat of his own drum, which, you know, I think we could all, you know, learn something from that and be a little more like that and just kind of, you know, make yourself happy. And, and so when, when he, we found out he was sick and then obviously tragically passed away, it was very hard. Um, but I think our team was closer for it and, and really, you know, propelled us to that Reliquist Bowl victory after his passing. I got to ask you, man, Jack, because there's so many stories that are like hilarious from Coach Leach. Is there any like short quip speech or anything that he said to you that really stuck that's hilarious that you'll tell everybody for like the rest of your life? Yeah, well, I mean, he would – we after the Bama game, we didn't use our hands very well. And he – so we have the Leach Beach, which is 70 yards long of just sand. And so he would roll us in there before every practice that week. And he'd be like, you know, you're, you'll be in the shower and you'll find sand on you. And he'd be like, what is that? And he'd say, oh, that's sand. You've been baptized. You're not – you know, he used some choice <laughs> words. be like, you're not weak anymore. But he would use some, you know, better words than that, and just like, who thinks of this? He's he's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that you know, it's a shame that it takes tragedy sometimes to bring people together, but to see the whole college football world, um, just say how much he meant and um, say any good stories like you just had. Um, it, it was cool to see and, and, you know, and what, what is a, you know, downtime and it, it made it more of a celebration of his life than a, a morning, so to speak. And so it's always cool. Like I said, I hate that it always has to come in, in ways like that, but nonetheless, cool to see the entire country, um, just showing him the love, but right. while we're in emotional state, um, you know, Will Rogers came on this show once upon a time. It's my favorite clip that I've ever shared uh, from from any episode. But he said he feels like Mississippi State gets disrespected. He feels like uh, you guys are the last dog to the bowl. He says that's why the team resonates with him because, you know, he's a dog that's going to fight his ass off for you um, no matter what you think. And right. I, I bring that up because I want to know what kind of way you feel as the SEC's leading tackler – to not make first, second, or third preseason SEC teams? Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I've been a state fan my whole life. Uh, I feel like we're picked last every year. You know, we don't get much respect. And so when everybody is, you know, flipping out about that and then about getting picked last, like I've had numerous calls and texts, you know, which, you know, makes you feel good about not making the preseason list. As I'm like, look, like, we've been dealing with this our whole, my whole life, you know? Uh, and so it wasn't a big surprise to me, honestly. Uh, I just, like I said earlier, control what you can control. We love, we finished third in the West last year and just kind of, kind of like being the underdog and just proving people wrong. I think it feels better that way. We're kind of in the business of, of proving people wrong. And so hopefully we continue to do that. Um, and, and and we just can control what we can control. I know I keep saying that, but, you know, just call a spade a spade. That's all we can do. So, Yeah, no doubt. So, Jet, man, talk to us. You mentioned it earlier about Coach Arnett giving you your shot along with Coach Leach. But mm-hmm. just talk about what this offseason has been like, obviously, with him now as the head coach, well-deserved, um, and just what it's been like getting you guys prepared for this upcoming season. Yeah, you know, even when he was the D.C., uh, Will and I talked a lot, and, a lot of offensive players did about, uh, you know, Arnett's mentality and 
and, uh, you know, what he brings to the table. And now that he's the head coach, you know, that's kind of the mentality on both sides of the ball, and which is great. You know, he uh, he brings that dog mentality, honestly, and just uh, it, it'll be good for the offense as well. They've always liked him, even when he was RDC. And so uh, I think he's definitely the, the right fit, and he will, he's going to have a lot of success in this league, and he was going to be a head coach uh, sooner than later anyway somewhere. So I'm glad yeah, I agree. Him. I agree. Was there any concern uh, from you personally that that he wouldn't be picked for the head coach in Mississippi State? Yeah, no, I I was very concerned. I mean, it's best case scenario for me and some of the defensive guys, uh, you know. And so, yeah, it was best case scenario. No, absolutely. I think he's the perfect fit. But speaking of this upcoming season, you guys got LSU, Alabama, and Ole Miss coming to your place. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know every game matters. But just talk about what it's like to have, you know, those those I don't want to say bigger names. That sounds disrespectful. But those with LSU and Alabama, the higher ranked yeah. teams, the ones with a lot of these expectations that are on them, whether that's deserve it or not, what that means coming to your house. Yeah, oh, it's great. I, you know, we have the best fans in the country. Uh, it gets rowdy in there. And so having them at home uh, in our environment, <clears throat> I think is a big plus, especially in this league. Home field advantage is a real thing. Um and so uh, I think that's a big, big plus that, that we need to capitalize on. I I absolutely hate the 11 a.m. thing, Jeff. LSU does not play home, play well home or away at 11 a.m. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man. And then on top of that, if I do watch them lose, I'm going to go out there and sweat because it's going to be so hot. Oh, the hottest part of the so day. Hot. Oh, no doubt. Jet, let me let me tell you about a a home field advantage. I got a guy I know. He had his wedding during the football season, right? Uh-huh. But Mississippi State had a home game that Thursday night before the weekend. He was getting married on a Saturday. So, you know, I'm his, I'm his homie, right? So we head on over there. We got, They're playing LSU. This guy's an LSU fan. And we go down there. But then Saturday comes along. His wedding is Tennessee-Florida game. I'm a huge Tennessee fan. You see the stuff behind me. What do you think about guys that have weddings during football season? Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. I think I know who you're talking about. It's it's me. And, and let me tell you something, Jet. My best man is a Mississippi State fan. We had it planned out the way we did. And don't let him make you feel a certain way, because let me tell you what this guy did on the way to Starkville. I had to pee. He pulls off on the side of the road to let me pee, and then he pulls off, okay, and leaves me standing <laughs> there. So I don't want to hear – it's my bachelor party in Starkville, and this man left me standing on the side of the road. Jet, I regret, I regret nothing. <laughs> but, a good right. story. Yeah, man, it's a good story. So last question before you get into the game of the games. Aside from yourself on defense, because we got to get the, your name out there, obviously you should be first, second – you should be on all the teams, Jet. Aside from yourself, who are some key guys the country needs to keep an eye on on the Mississippi State Bulldogs team? And it can be defense or offense if you want. Yeah, uh, I think – We know Will Rogers. Don't say him. We know him. Yeah, no. I was going to talk about Crumity. I don't know if he gets enough attention. Um, He played in four games last year due to injury, you know, on the D-line. And so he he deserves a lot of hype. Uh, I don't know if Buki, my partner in crime, gets enough – you know, he's getting national attention, but I don't know if it's enough. It's not. Uh, Travion Williams, another young cat on the defensive line that just looks like a tank. Uh, he's going to be a big asset for us. Um, it's hard for me to speak on offense because um, I'm not, you know, I'm not around them all the time and kind of watching them work. Uh, Understood. So, definitely those guys on the defense, though. Uh, DCAM, uh, our cornerback. Uh, D. Cam Richardson is going to be the next, obviously, great corner, I think, for us. This, He's had uh, some. Just make sure y'all stay away from Jaden Daniels for me, Jet. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes, sir. Maybe if he gets goes out and us will get in. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, Jet, man. You are off the hot seat. And now it's time to get on the hottest seat of them all. It's the game that's sweeping the nation. It's the game that everyone wants to play. And it's the game that all of our guests have played, and no one has declined it. It's called this or that. All right. Thank you again, Jeff. Are you ready to play? Or are you going to be ready. first to decline? Let's do it. All right, Jet. This game of this or that is brought to you by the Bellsmith, where you 
can get ready for football season with your very own custom bell to bring to the game, shake it, rattle, annoy the opposing teams, and just have yourself a blast. And you know what, Jet? You can get your very own Jet Johnson bell by the Bellsmith. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's awesome. Love the Bellsmith. Bell Smith, this is for you. This episode of This or That is starting now. So, Jet, first question, bacon or sausage? Sausage. Sausage. You, you a sausage patty or a sausage link kind of guy? I'm a, sa- I'm a sausage patty. Sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, my favorite. That is a win. Love it. Love mm. it, love it. What would you, what would you rather do? Fumble recovery or an interception? Interception, hundred percent. Why? Why is that? You wouldn't rather just like make a big hit and recover a fumble. You'd rather intercept the ball. I have a feeling it's because he does fumble recoveries all the time. <laughs> There's something about interception. I don't know. Can't beat it. I, I don't know. That's. I had one in the twenty-one egg bowl, and that was one of the best moments of my life. When when you get one, is the first thing you do is start running, or do you actually look to see where your blocking may be? No, I just started running. <laughs> I figured. I blacked so. out. Just don't fumble. When <laughs> when the ball is coming at you, is it more like just reactionary, and you're just like, "Oh shit, I have the ball now," or is it like the ball's in slow motion? You're like, "I'm about to intercept this thing." It's reactionary, and it was off corral, and he has a cannon. So, honestly, I didn't have a choice. I was either going to catch it or it was going to go through my chest plate. <laughs> All right. Would you rather plan ahead or live in the moment? Uh, as bad as I hate to say it, I'm a planner. Planner? Except yeah. when Corral throws BBs right at your face. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No doubt. But you're Daniel's guy because you said you like to, to plan. Everybody else to live in the moment. Daniel has to have it all laid out. Yeah, I yeah, like to not know what I'm getting into. I can, I can respect people like that for sure. Yeah. All right, what's a harder environment to play in, Tuscaloosa or Memphis? I mean, Baton bad, bad Rouge. I'm sorry. Uh, BR. BR. Why? Why is that? Is it just because it's Cajun? He, they played – I was there last year. They had a night game in Death Valley, so he's got to see the the full spectrum. Yeah, it was it was a day-to-night game too, and it was still it was still nuts. So I bet they get a little weird when the sun goes down. Yeah, you know <laughs> they do. If you were left on an island, you had two options. Which of these two options would you choose? Would you choose to be on the island solo, all by yourself, secluded from everybody, or would you rather be on an island with one person, but that one person is your worst enemy? Uh, probably my worst enemy. Man, every, like, everyone is loves that answer, but I hate that answer. I, I'd rather just be by myself. Well, you need some help in, in some aspects, don't you think? True. Even with your worst, he he he's the first one to say that, Daniel. I mean, you build a shelter, you probably want some help. No, see what it is, man. Is I think I watch these movies and you know think about the Hunger Games, where you think your 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 friend is your friend and they're not. Imagine it being your enemy and you're trying to like sleep at night knowing they could be plotting <clears throat> against you every moment. Like, yeah. I think your enemies are worse than my enemies. <laughs> I've never thought about that. I mean, I, I guess so. I don't. I don't think I have many enemies. Daniel, you're you're my best friend, and you used to plot against me when I was asleep at night. Very Do you true. remember? I, I'm throwing it out there. We've been bringing up the past in high school. Jet, I talked about Randy driving off on the side of the road. No, one time I fell out, knocked out. So I hate to tell her, but I was knocked out drunk in high school. Anyway, Daniel thought it'd be funny to grab my hair clippers and start shaving my legs. Oh gosh! Brutal. I mean, Who these are the kind of enemies. Friends. Look at the kind of friends I carry. I'm telling you. I mean, he let me come back the very next night and stay the night. So I think he, I think he enjoyed it just a little bit. Jet, would you rather would you rather own a jet, your own private jet, or a massive yacht? 
yacht. Are you a water guy? Uh, I'm dating a Florida girl now, and so she's kind of turned me into a a beach bum. Okay. Hold on. A Florida girl? She don't go to University of Florida, does she, Jet? You're better. Okay. She she goes to state. Her parent, her mom grew up in West Point and went to Mississippi State, and so she went to state as well. Solid. Would you rather spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna? Two, uh, two in a sauna. Do you think you could last two hours in a sauna? Uh, it would be hard. It would be hard, but I feel like it would be very beneficial. <laughs> would you rather win a million dollars and have to spend it only on other people? Couldn't spend it on yourself. Or would you rather win a hundred thousand dollars, but you could only spend it on yourself? So a million dollars on other people, or a hundred thousand on yourself? What would you choose? I would say the million, um, because I feel like some of the stuff I buy for other people close to me could also benefit myself. Wow, you're you're very you're you're, you're more of a a friend than some of the people on this show. I would just tell you. <laughs> so I, I think I would take a hundred thousand. I re- I really do. Now oh, the guest I mean, the guest the guests have swayed me differently because I've just started thinking about what they're saying. And I would actually rather buy my friends the toys and just use them and not have to keep up the maintenance. Randy even said that even though he said he'd take the hundred dollars. That's true. It's nice to not have to be the one to actually, you know, take care of the stuff. No, you know what they say. The best the best boat to have is the one, you know, the your friend has. That's right. Absolutely. You don't have to dock it. You don't have to maintenance it. You don't have to fuel it. You just so you don't give out. you don't give anybody money, Daniel. You buy them gifts. You buy them yeah. books. So you think about the gifts that you want and go, hey man, I was thinking about you and only you. <laughs> I bought this. And and you can't say, you know, you gotta say, hey, I bought it for you. You gotta let me use it. Sure. Sure. I mean, I think if if you bought somebody a gift like that, I think wouldn't that be like the general understanding. Like he, yeah, you would figure. that conversation. You would Just figure. All right, Jet, man. That's it. That's the game, man. Anything you want to plug or promote before we let you bounce? No, that's. I think I'm good. I enjoyed it. Well, well I'm going to do something for you. If you want to know more about Jet Johnson, you want to know what he's doing on Wednesday, maybe he's recording a podcast. You want to know what he's doing on a Saturday, going over to IG – at iJetJohnson, or this fall, when you guys open, and who you opening against? Uh, so, uh, the second, and it's against Southeastern Louisiana. So September 2nd, Southeastern Louisiana. <clears throat> you want to know all about Mississippi State football. If you want to know what they're doing, what practice looks like, when the games are, go on over to IG, at HailStateFB. You'll get Everything you need to know about the Mississippi State Bulldog football team. Jetman, it's been a pleasure. We wish you nothing but the best, dude. If there's anything we can do for you along the way, man, please reach out to us. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much for having me on. Seriously, it means a lot, and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. That's Jet Johnson, everybody. If you like hearing Jet's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on X. Twitter X, what are we calling it? Still haven't. Uh, so, so for two episodes now, we still haven't narrowed it down to what we're calling it. So, this could be an ongoing thing for season eight. Or, if you just want to give us comments, ratings, feedback, likes, love, hugs, all that, we'll take that instead. Either way, we'll see everybody next week. We got episode nine coming at you. We're going to be talking University of Tennessee basketball. Randy, I know you're pumped. DJ Jefferson on the show talking about volunteers, talking about basketball. I might have to miss that one. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) But this has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.